In August, the state embarked on a new statewide campaign to ensure New Yorkers are cognizant of services available to victims of crimes and their families, including compensation and reimbursement. The 12-week promotion is focused, at least in part, on reaching so-called underserved communities and groups most affected by increases in reported crimes, including Black, Asian, Jewish, and LBGTQ plus New Yorkers. For more on this effort, we're joined by Elizabeth Cronin, Director of the New York State Office of Victim Services. Welcome back to the show, Director Cronin. Thanks so much, David. It's great to be here again. So before we get to the awareness campaign itself, I want to talk about the services that are actually highlighted by this campaign. Can you explain the different help that your office provides in the aftermath of a crime being committed? So the Office of Victim Services is like a safety net for victims of crime. And we offer both financial compensation directly to victims of crime for a variety of different things, such as transportation to medical appointments, transportation to work. They can pay for crime scene cleanup. We pay for burial expenses for families who have been tragically affected by crime. There's a whole host of things, loss of savings, loss of earnings. But another important component of what OBS does is that we fund 239 victim assistance programs throughout the state of New York so that victims can access all kinds of services, free services through those programs that are in their areas. So to make it easier for access. And what's the impetus then for this latest campaign? Did you find that you weren't getting the engagement with services that you were hoping for? Did money fall into your lap? Uh, What prompted this uh, outreach? I would love to have money fall into our laps, and that never happens. But what we find is that people don't want to think of themselves as ever being a victim of a crime. And it's an uncomfortable thing to think about. So they're not always paying attention to what's out there. And so then when they are in an unfortunate position of needing services that they don't know where to go. And so we did a a public service campaign several years ago around the time that we commemorated the 50th anniversary of the founding of the agency. And we did it through radio and TV and different kinds of ads. But now we're really trying to target both populations that we see as being underserved and marginalized and are sometimes less likely to seek services. And we're doing it in a way that we think will meet them where they are. So we really focused recently on a social media campaign. So we're doing it through Google and Facebook and YouTube and Grinder and different platforms that are specific to, let's say, Asian communities or Jewish communities because we've experienced such a rise in hate crime against these different groups. And we want to assure them that there's services available. And we've tried to make the ads sort of appealing in a way that's not frightening and off-putting. So they're more hopeful. And the ads themselves have a message of, you know, help and hope and safety that we're really hoping will appeal to people to seek compensation and or services. And are you contracting with any, say, trusted partners for these communities to help with outreach, or is it primarily just in the ad space? It's really more of using a particular ad space. You know, we worked with the media center for the state and a contractor to 
get information about where these populations access information. And so we're trying to get the message out on those particular platforms. But we've been doing a needs assessment for a lot of these very same groups. So we've been working with an organization that's been doing a comprehensive needs assessment. So we've been talking with victims in all of these different groups prior to this campaign going out. So we have a sense through that project of where people are getting their information. Is your expectation then a short-term bump in utilization of services, or do you expect this will have long-term ramifications for the utilization of services that your office provides? Well, usually with these kinds of things, you do see, you know, an immediate bump, but we're really hoping for more long-term attention. You know, we're really hoping to appeal to people so that it's not a frightening message, but a message of hope. And so that it will be in their mind that we care about you. We know that you're struggling or you're suffering or that you've been a target of hate crimes or other types of violence. And that all of these services, including OVS, are here to help you. And is your expectation that someone might see an ad on social media or hear it on the radio and that they might not remember the phone number or website that you promote, but they will know to Google maybe New York Victim Services and they'll end up at your website or find your phone number that way? Right, exactly. And the great thing is that on our website, we have something called Resource Connect where victims and advocates, whoever, can go onto our website where, you know, it says get help, and they can access all of the funded programs throughout the state of New York. So, for example, each of those programs that's listed on Resource Connect has information about what they do, and we use real-life language. So if somebody has a problem or a concern, that they can just type in in regular language, what they're looking for, and uh, it will take them to a program in the area where they're seeking services. So that's what we really want to do, too, is drive people to that site so that they can see, oh, there's all these programs in my area. Um, Or for someone who knows someone who needs help. Um, You know, we often see that, for example, in elder abuse crimes, where a caretaker or a neighbor or somebody sees something happening to someone and they don't know where to go, um, then they can go to a, a location on Resource Connect and say, oh, these, this organization deals with elder abuse um, or crimes against older adults. And that website for the office is ovs.ny.gov, where you can find a variety of resources. And again, that URL is uh, ovs.ny.gov. In terms of your expectations for this, how are you tracking the results uh, of this investment? And do you imagine it will inform future outreach efforts or do you have future outreach efforts envisioned? Absolutely. So, you know, that's the beauty of technology. You can track anything. I guess it's also the downside of it. (laughs) But for us, it's the upside is that we can track. We We have been seeing like, millions of clicks on um, on these, you know, from Facebook to Instagram. Um, so we can see what people are doing 
with the information, you know, if they're clicking through, if they're, um, you know, stopping on the page. And then we will be able to, you know, we'll get more information at the end of this month um, about, you know, exactly what the contractor is seeing with the numbers, but it's been pretty astounding how successful it's been so far, at least in people being aware that they are there. And I know even for me on Facebook, every time one pops up, I'm just sharing it like crazy. And then people that follow me on Facebook or Instagram are then also sharing that information. So it has a reach that we've never been able to see before. Of course, everything costs money. In declining funding times, uh, we have to be cautious about how we're, we're utilizing our funding. Uh, of course, we would like to continue this campaign. So I think we're going to see what happens in October and you know whether we're seeing an increase in claims, whether our programs are seeing an increase in traffic and decide how we want to proceed, you know, with maybe a different kind of campaign. Is it possible that you could end up being a victim of your own success here and get a dramatic increase? And if that's the case, are there the resources available in your office to handle all the claims that you might see if there is, say, a dramatic increase as a result of this outreach effort? Well, I think, you know, the important thing for us right now is to make sure that victims are taken care of, supported and get the help that they need. And, you know, so far we've been able to handle rises and falls in claims. And, you know, a lot of the claims are for small amounts. We do because New York is the only state that has unlimited medical and counseling reimbursement. Of course, we have to be mindful of that, but we have a governor who's supportive of victims' rights and victim services, and I think our state government as a whole is very cognizant of that. So, you know, we're going to see what happens, and we're there to make people's lives better, to be there when they need us. So some of the groups that we're talking about that you're targeting with this outreach are Uh, groups, including Black and LGBTQ New Yorkers, uh, who might have some distrust for law enforcement, so they might not be inclined to report a crime to the police, which uh, it's my understanding is a requirement for accessing victim services through your office. So do we need to establish alternative forms of accessing services from your office aside from reporting a crime to the police? Well, we already do that. I mean, we already accept a variety of different ways um, that cases get reported. So it can be, for example, a sexual assault victim who has a forensic rape exam that is considered a police report for purposes of eligibility for compensation. If they get an order of protection, if there's, you know, an APS or a CPS report. So there's there's already a variety of, of different avenues for people to report. And of course, we recognize that in some communities, there are concerns about reporting to law enforcement, which is one of the reasons that we that there are exceptions in the statute. What we're trying to do is to, you know, within sort of the, the point that you raised earlier about, you know, having sufficient funding to cover all these claims. I mean, that that's something that, that has to be considered anytime there's a change in our statutes um, and where eligibility is increased, we have to be able to, you know, have some idea that we'll be able to pay those claims. You know, our statute 
says that the person has to be the victim of a crime. And I think when the statutes were enacted, it was, well, who's going to make a determination that something is a crime in order for us to be able to uh, award compensation? And so, you know, those who are in a position to know what is a crime within the state of New York is, you know, law enforcement, the DA's office, you know, other um, agencies that are responsible for um, determining what's a crime in New York. That's what was relied on in order to determine whether somebody is eligible. You know, we, we really want to get to yes. I mean, that's our goal um, is to be as flexible as possible within the confines of what the statute tells us that we have to do. Well, unfortunately, that's all the time we have today. I want to thank our guest, Elizabeth Cronin, Director of the New York State Office of Victim Services, for joining us. Director Cronin, thank you so much and look forward to hearing from you again in the future. Thanks so much, David, for profiling and highlighting uh, our public service campaign efforts. And that website, once again, is ovs.ny.gov. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. business agency or service interested in delivering your message to more than two dozen radio stations statewide carrying Capital Press Room? If so, visit capitalpressroom.org to contact our underwriting team.